Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papa Toi Toi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Now I want to bring your attention to a story that's found in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 3. And... You know, let me give you a quick backstory of this, okay? You can follow it through your, through your Bible or you know, with your app um, as I tell the story. During the time of this Bible story, you know, the Israelites, they were slaves in a place called Egypt. And you need to understand here the reason why the Israelite people were slaves in Egypt was because, you know, they were beginning to overpopulate Egypt. And so the Pharaoh at that time thought, that, you know, the Israelites, that they would be a threat to the nation and could one day just overpower the Egyptians. So he decides to make all the Israelites slaves to oppress them and to keep them weak. Well, you know, during this time of slavery, God was raising up a leader amongst the Israelite people and a man many of us know his name is Moses. And now, now Moses, he was born in Egypt, but he was an Israelite by blood. By God's divine orchestrating, Moses, you know, he grew up and among the Egyptian, you know, Egyptian royalty in the Pharaoh's own home, this, and he, as he grew older, he struggled. He struggled with the dilemma of living as Egyptian royalty, yet knowing that he was of Israelite blood. And one day, he saw an Egyptian beating an Israelite slave. One of his own people, right? So Moses, what does he do? He's filled with rage and he, he takes it upon him. He, he took a stand and he kills the Egyptian. And so this was a tipping point for him because obviously it was murder. And so he then decides to run for his life because Pharaoh um, either might have heard about it and then, you know, of course he'd be in trouble. So Moses, what he does is he, he fled, fled Egypt, and then he escapes to a place called Midian. And it is here in Midian that Moses, you know, he meets a family who takes him in. He eventually marries one of the daughters, and he becomes a shepherd to this family. Now, as a shepherd, for the next 40 years, this is where Moses lives and works as a shepherd. 40 years. Next to take note here. He was currently an outlaw, well, still, you know, hiding for fear of Pharaoh's wrath. So that's a long time to hide. This next part of his life also was such a huge turning point for him because this is where he encounters the awesomeness of God close up. And he, in this encounter, it brings him to a crossroad. See, we read in Exodus 3. That while Moses was looking after his father-in-law's sheep, he experienced the presence of God in the form of a bush that was on fire, yet the fire wasn't actually consuming the bush. From this burning bush, the voice of the Lord spoke to Moses. And this is what the voice said, the Lord said. It says in verse 9 of chapter 3, Behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 
after hearing that, I mean, straight away, Moses thought that he wasn't adequate, that he wasn't adequate to do what God told him. He went back and forth, you know, read on in conversation with God, you know, making excuse after excuse and saying that he couldn't do what God was telling him to do. Man, Lord, I mean, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Israel, out of uh, the, the children of Israel out of Egypt? I mean, man, they will not believe me. They're not going to listen to my voice for, you know, the Lord. They're going to say, the Lord didn't appear to you. Lord, I'm not eloquent either. In the past or since you have spoken to your servant, I'm slow in speech. And when none of those excuses worked, he just said straight up to the the Lord, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Have you ever taught yourself out of something you know you're supposed to do, right to the point where you feel you're inadequate to do that very thing you were meant to do and even dreamed for for such a long time? I have. Many times. Maybe even me here as, as, a, as a pastor, doing this full time with my vocation, there will come a time when God calls me to pass this world on. Until that time comes, then I ain't going anywhere. Sorry, Brother, you got me. But see, I feel so full of faith that myself, my wife, needs to be called to do this, and we love what we do. We've been doing this now for about eight years, and you know we haven't lost passion. I kid you not. Why? Because we know that God has placed us here, and until He tells us otherwise, perhaps with another burning bush moment, right? This is where we will serve. This is how we will serve, sorry. Not where we come from here. <laughs> and while we do what He has called us to do, we are able to encounter during these times the awesomeness of God. Before we really felt the call to full time those many years ago, man, I had all the excuses like myself. I remember when I was trying, we were coming into it, it was more me, not my wife. My wife was just waiting for me to just make up my mind to come into this calling, into this purpose. But I remember I would say things like, Lord, how, how can I cope financially? Straight away, money, right? I don't know how we're going to deal with it. But what if, what if the church doesn't like me? You better like me, eh? Oh, I shaved my hair, close shaved this morning for nothing. <laughs> Man, what if everyone leaves? These are some of the things I was saying. Man, I can't, I can't leave these people, not the way that you want me to. I'm not educated enough. I don't, in the way that people would expect me to be in regards to this role, I don't have any experience or, or enough training under my belt to be a full-time minister. For those who don't know, when me and my wife first came into this job, 
We literally came in without any full-time experience. We came in um, straight away getting ready to serve on the campus, to serve our leaders of that time, our senior pastors and executive pastors of that time. And we came in and we were there. There was sort of no one else at that time to lead. And so we took it upon ourselves to, to lead straight away, in a way, not fully caught senior pastors, but we were in the role, serving straight in that role. And I tell you, man, it was crazy. And so these were the things that were going in my mind straight away. I was challenged, or I had to challenge my own, man, God, I'm not, I'm not educated in this role of being a pastor. I didn't even know how to preach. I didn't even know, I didn't even know enough scripture <laughs> to get along every week. And with all of those things, I would just sit right at the end. You know what, Lord? Can you get someone else? Get someone else to lead this. I don't want to lead it. It's too hard. I don't know how to do it. The question is this. What was it that made myself because like I said, my wife was already just waiting for me on that side of the fence. But what was it that made me continue to step out into a season that God would show his awesomeness in that time? Well, the answer, it's a simple one. But it's not the answer you and I ever really want to hear. You know, every time Moses threw through an, an excuse up, you know, to, to not go and to do what you know to do what God was asking and commanding them. The Lord would just always answer just with one simple phrase, and it was these words. This is what he said, I will be with you. Who am I to get a Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? It's okay. I'm with you. Lord, they won't believe or listen to me. You'll be okay. Lord, I'm, I'm not eloquent either in the past or even at this present time. I'm slow of speech. I'm here, sir. I'm with you. Lord, please, can't you just send someone else? I will be with you. What does that even mean, right? That in hard times, God would just tell us, my child, I would. Let me read you this story about a missionary that understood what this meant for her. Missionary uh, Gracia Vernon, who was held captive by terrorists in the Philippines for more than a year, and whose husband was killed during the rescue. She writes this. Sometimes I wonder, why did Martin die when everyone was praying he wouldn't? Why does scripture lead us and lead you to believe that if you pray a certain way, you'll get what you pray for? People all over the world were praying that we'd both get us alive. But we didn't. Her questions made her realize it isn't always easy to comprehend God's nature. I used to have this concept of what God is like and how life's supposed to be because of that. But in the jungle, 
I learned I don't know as much about God as I thought I did. I don't have him in a theological box anymore. What I do know is that God is God and I'm not. The world is in a mess because of sin, not God. Some awful things may happen to me, but God does what is right and he makes good out of bad situations. How are you with your walk with God right now? During January 2021, what are you you faithfully and patiently waiting on God to do in your life? Are you uncomfortable as you wait? Are you you clouded with a little bit of doubt as you start this new year? Maybe you don't fully have a clear picture of what you're supposed to be doing in 2021. I'd like to ask you this question. What are you trusting in? Are you nervous to step into the unknown because, you know, the future, your future, just looks uncertain? Maybe God has been prompting you to step out and just do something radical just as he did to Moses through the burning bush. But you, you know, you have these walls up and they're throwing up all the excuses to hold back right to the point where you've almost talked yourself out of it. Oh Lord, man, please, can't you just send someone else? I will be with you. Moses had every reason, get this, he had every reason to feel inadequate for the call. He was an outlaw, he was an exile, and he was just a mere shepherd. And if you know the history of a shepherd in their time, it's the lowest of the low jobs around. And the one time he tried, you know, even to intervene, um, you know, on behalf of his Israelite brother by killing an Egyptian, I don't think that situation would have inspired confidence in people wanting to follow him and his leadership. We're all coming into this new year. Different kinds of pressure. We're already over our lives. It's already started, right? Work, school, studies, jobs, uh, fresh opportunities, decision making, new friendships, and probably relationships. The list goes on. How then will you respond to God's voice? Will you let excuses, you know, and in your perceived inadequacies hold you back and cause you to miss out on your purpose and the great destiny he has for you and those you are called to You see, God's purpose for Moses was to deliver a nation destined for something great. But Moses was just too focused on his own life that he forgot about others. His mission was to bring the Israelites out of slavery and back into relationship with God. See, the obstacles and opportunities in front of each of us are the very things, hear me here, are the very things to help cause us to lean into God even more. Our difficulties give us no choice but to trust more in God. Otherwise, it'll break you. 
And because without him, think about it, you and I, we are truly weak, and we are in that. We need these things to remind us of how awesome he is. Your life trials, it should show you how awesome he is in your life. Yes, look, man, good times are out there because he says, I will be with you. Yes, also, hard times are things that you and I will face this year, but he says, I will be with you. Opportunities will come, decisions will need to be made, challenges are going to be there too, but he promises, I will be with you. Today's story is an here. I mean, today's scripture, it's about the presence of God and what it means to us. You know, when we encounter situations that are beyond our ability, to the point when you can honestly say that He's your Lord, Jehovah. Moses, he had a great mission. He had a great mission to encounter that was more than he could handle. Think about it. But yet God's consistent answer to Moses, you know, I will be with you, despite all of his excuses, because, I mean, let's be honest, man, according to his life that he lived, even Moses was, a, was aware of his inability to walk out God's calling on his life. Yet this was God's answer to Moses, and him here, it is his answer for us here today. This was God's answer to the Israelites and the mission to take the promised land, and this is still God's answer to us and the mission He has given us. Before I pray, and I think about when we watch our every nation things that are happening all around the world. So what is your mission? You know, I can stand up here and I say, okay, this is what we're going to do with the church. I'm going to get out there and do this. And I'm going to go out there and talk to the community and reach these people. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to serve here. I mean, yeah, of course I can. But can I be honest? We come from a, a generation of people that naturally do that. There are, there are other cultures out there that struggle to serve in that manner naturally. So don't get caught up, even as a church of divination worldwide, even all the other amazing churches around the world, don't get caught up in watching videos of what they're doing. Do you? Disciple. Reach out. Serve. And I say all these little lists, and I look around, and I think, man, you guys can do that anyway. I don't need to promote that. It's in you. And it's in you naturally because of the forefathers that you come from, but because of the blessing on your lives that God has destined you. So you will do that. And the thing is, is as we learn about knowing that He is my Lord, the line of work, the line of things that you do, and the, you know, that you are going to live out for 2021, how is that going to, to advance the kingdom, meaning how is it going to reach our community? How is it going to reach your household? How is it going to reach your family? It naturally should just be an overflow because you naturally do it. 
because they're the kind of people you are. And so I'm blessed to stand amongst amazing people that God is calling for some challenges. Now I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to give up everything. Okay, tomorrow I'm just going to stop everything. No, no, no. Get some wisdom. Talk to somebody. Get discipled. Talk. Pray. Get some guidance. I don't want you to go straight away tomorrow. But some of those things that God has probably prompted you that you didn't realize that it's him. Go back and reflect. See how awesome it is in those hard times. Relationships, jobs, works, marriage, all of these things come into play. I will be with you. See, let's pray.